privilege to come together. I echo the sentiments of my wife. We're a good church family, and we are very blessed by God, and I count it a privilege to be able to come together and to worship and to exalt our God on Sundays. A couple weeks ago, our pastor uh, did a message, and I have been thinking ever since then, and, and he and I had a chance to talk. And my mind's just kind of been ruminating on a few things. And how many of you this semester have been a little challenged in our small groups as we've been talking about the idea of Sabbath and slowing down and maybe stepping back a little bit and not being quite so rushed and hectic? For someone like me, that is a challenge. And I was thinking through that and thinking through his message. And in a prayer time, I was talking to God. And I was reminded that in the Old Testament, we find many different names and many different titles for God. Many, 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 many. I just picked a few of them and put them up here so you can see it on the screen. So God is described in a lot of different ways throughout the Old Testament and several different ways in the New Testament. We see him as the Lord God Almighty. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord that heals. That one's nice, right? We like that idea. The Lord that heals. The Lord is peace. That one's good. The Lord of hosts. And then this last one, we really like this one. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, depending on the translation you read. I really, really like the idea of God providing for my needs. Especially when I think about him and abundant provision. We see this in the Old Testament. He promises a land flowing with milk and honey. And notice, flowing. Not like a land that has some, but this idea that there's abundance. It's everywhere. We see God described as the man who owns cattle on a thousand hills. Again, so this very wealthy God. Think agrarian society. They don't have bank accounts. They've got livestock. So someone who owns cattle on a thousand different hills, the idea that he's extremely wealthy. I'm going to read just a quickly a portion of one of the psalms. Psalm 65 is a celebratory psalm talking about how God abundantly provides and takes care of. And in Psalm 65, starting at verse 8, it says, Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. Hear these words, rich, abundant, bountiful, plenty. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods and leveling the ridges, and you soften the earth with showers and bless it abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness become lush pasture and the hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. So again, this is just a portion of the psalm, but we see this idea, this God of abundance. And how many of you like the idea of serving the God of abundance, right? That's exciting. Amen. I love that idea, the God who provides, the God of abundance. I enjoy that idea. But God is not one-dimensional, and our lives aren't one-dimensional. And so 
even though we see many descriptions like this throughout the scriptures, we also read some other passages that provide a different perspective on our walk with God. And typically, I don't get excited about these passages. I don't like them as much. How about this one? I'm skipping one. How about this one? In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Yeah, I don't get as excited about that. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. New Living Translation, I can do everything through Christ. Hmm, how about one more? 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. Yet true godliness, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And by the way, Philippians, 1 Timothy, both of these written by the Apostle Paul, both of these written while he was in prison. So how's that for some perspective? As a man sits in a jail cell for preaching the gospel message, he writes, I know how to be content. Whether I have lots or little, whether there's plenty or almost nothing, it's God who gives me strength. And if my needs are met... It's enough. And he was okay with that. Two weeks ago, our pastor was talking about Elijah and the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17. God provided for Elijah and the widow and her son all throughout that famine. They did not starve. God took care of them. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, showed up. But he provided He didn't show up in that example as the God of abundance. It was a continual walk day by day. It was a faith statement each morning, and I don't need to re-preach his sermon. If you didn't hear it, you need to go to the archive and listen two weeks ago from when he did that. And each day there was a measure of oil and there was a measure of flour. Not abundance, but enough. I really, really like the God of abundance. It's easy to shout about the God who provides and the God of abundance, the land overflowing with milk and honey. It's a whole lot harder when it doesn't always look like that. But God is comfortable with it. And God, as we saw, carries many different names and many different titles. It's easy to celebrate and serve a God of abundance. But let me throw a different idea out there this morning. When it's not the God of abundance... Can you serve the God of enough? Are you content with what you have? Are you satisfied? Can you worship the God of enough?